When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up. But it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ENN. Ray Rowe. Summer of K. Oh, I get a great idea from Steven. Okay. Says Rosenberg Radio, make the Scranton tour your bachelor party. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know what? Mind blown, right? Oh, Peter, they even have a stripper you can choose. (laughs) (laughs) Do they? Yeah, remember for um, Bob Vance's... Yeah. Warehouse bachelor party? I got to tell you, I, I don't hate it. <laughs> it's because so I imaginative. You'd have so much fun. How, how would, like, how, I, I don't need, believe me, I don't need some like super, it's my second marriage, dude. You don't get to have a super bachelor bachelor party the second time. All right? I, in my opinion. I mean, come on. It's over. I Let's be honest. Th- th- this is one thing that actually you don't need to do again because you've already said goodbye to bachelorhood. But I'll do it again. And what a perfect low-key way to do it. And Scranton's what? Hour and a half? Two hours? Yeah. I think you can get there in less than two hours. You know, you wouldn't blink going to Atlantic City. That's going to be longer. Oh, and I'd, I'd rather go to Scranton. But... Now, the people that would be going or invited to your bachelor party, would they be into it? It's a good question. How many people would care about the office? I mean, listen, it's, it's this. I have a lot of things that are going to be hard about this thing the, the second time because, like, friends with families, right, who are super busy, who already took a trip to Miami once for me, are they feeling like going again when they already know they have to have a weekend set aside for the wedding? I wonder now, if I go with like an alt group completely. Who knows? Well, I know one person that would love to be invited. Mr. Andrew Gunlin? That's right. Andrew, would you would you come if you got the invite? Oh, a thousand percent, yes. Uh, I, I think this has to happen. I, I think I have to go to Scranton for my bachelor party. It's just so... Natalie might be jealous. Though. Honestly, Natalie would be like, "But, but, but, I, I want to go to Scranton." <laughs> she, she would actually say that. Be the first ever fiance to go to the bachelor party <laughs> for for the fun, not the spying. Like you might be you know, the, the she wouldn't be the first to go. I'm sure there's been tons that were like lurking behind the scenes, checking right. out, make sure everything was going okay. This would be somebody actually participating and having fun. But yeah, exactly. She's just going for the for the sake of the party. All right, uh, ENN tonight. It's brought to you by the Professional Fighters League. I'd like to start off tonight by saying good evening to Don. Kurt Janin. 
Uh, I'd also like to say good evening to myself. All right, now it is time for our trop traffic report. Come on, that was a little rough, Anthony. For pulling up the, and I didn't even fully complete the mistake. Oh, it was you a know? mistake. But I said no. I said trop, and then I corrected. Oh, well, you know what? I, I'm going to quit. Let's uh, say good evening to our uh, curmudgeonly Mets caller. I'm tired of you Yankee people. <laughs> I'd love for just not fans, people. He, he, and, he, was, he was trying to get personal. And what else, sir? I got a new owner. He's coming for you. He's buying Judge. They won't touch us tonight. Uh, I love the attitude. I, and I, I, you Paul don't get that from more. older people. No, he brought it. He brought that the ruckus. Uh, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed that. Um, if you're unaware... Uh, the Subway Series starts tonight. Oh, sure. Uh, here is Mets, I'm sorry, Yankees manager, A.A. Ron Boone, on said Subway Series. I always love, this is my fifth year now here, so I've enjoyed every year coming over here, them coming to us. You know, this year obviously seems even bigger with both teams doing as well, so I'm excited about it. I think our guys look forward to playing in this kind of environment, in this kind of atmosphere. I always say, you know, during the 162-game season, the grind of it, you know, these kind of series, you know, especially, you know, as we enter the dog days of summer and things like that, are series that give give guys a little shot in the arm, a little life. So I, th- I think it's I think most guys would agree that they enjoy playing on this kind of stage with the amount of interest that is certainly uh, on this series within this city. I think he hates it. What? They can say whatever they want. I'm sure Tory, Girardi, Boone now just hate this. Because Why? it's just because it's listen, th- think about it. All right. All that all that Boone cares about is the bottom line, and that's winning a game. And he, all he's focused on is the game. So he might like there might be a part of him that like as a fan would enjoy it, but like all of the extra stuff is not what you want to deal with as a manager. Like managers don't get caught up in like interest level, and they care about just getting through a game. He's concerned about Stan being hurt. He's probably frustrated. He doesn't have, you know, uh, have to have Herman available and not Severino. He, he, he sweats every detail. Do you think all the stuff that makes it fun for a fan is extra stuff that probably makes it just harder for a manager to do his job? So the politically correct answer is, oh, we love it. It's great. It's fun. The atmosphere is terrific. And all that is true to a certain extent. But you don't think the distraction is something that probably is he he doesn't really need for a team that wants to win a couple of games. Well, that's my opinion. It's a, it's a strong well, opinion. Well, because I, I, I mentioned it to Aaron when we had him on last week, or or a couple of weeks ago with with the um, the Red Sox stuff. Because when I read Mark Feinstein's book, he said that like Tory would be on the phone with Francona after a Yankee Red Sox series. Like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. Like. Uh, it was just just so much with the fans and with the hatred and the and the media attention. It's, they were just so glad to just go on and move on to somebody else. That's kind of the way it is with the Mets, right? There's going to be so much more attention, so much more conversation, so much other things that aren't really about the wins and losses of the game that he has to worry himself with. Let's let's hear from the other side, Buck Showalter, on how important the Subway Series is. No, it's important to the fans. So it's got it should be important to us. 
and rightfully so. I also think it's a good time to, if we're fortunate enough to figure out a way to get in the playoffs, it's a good experience for our players to be in that environment, I think, too. There's something to be drawn from it, regardless of the, of the way it ends up. See, that's a good way of looking at it, right? I think so. I think, like they, that building, I, I haven't looked official. I'm assuming the game is sold out. So you're getting a full building, which you probably wouldn't have for anybody else on a, on a Tuesday in July. And a lot more media attention. I've been to these things, Peter, and it's it feels palpable. They come right? out of the woodwork. You know, people that normally don't cover will go and cover this. There's not. I know there's some people. You know, camps did open in the NFL, so some have gone there. But you know what? How many um, will will leave Jets and Giants camp and then drive over to City Field to cover this because it's just it's a fun atmosphere. So yeah, it'll 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 have a a, a playoff feel, which is impossible to get in July, unless you're playing, you know, unless the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. Let's hear from uh, Aaron Judge on the Subway Series. Just the fans getting into it. It's always a packed playoff atmosphere, always back and forth. You never know what's going to happen. And just a competition. You know, they got a great pitching staff, great offense over there. You know, so do we. So, you know, looking forward to see what happens. It's always good, good for the city when both, you know, New York teams are, you know, doing their thing, you know. So, um no, this is going to be a fun one. Like I said, you know they got a great team over there, and you know looking forward to you know battling out the next few days. How about Pete Alonso? It's going to be super fun, especially because we have we have two really good ball clubs. Uh, both teams are, are in first place. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a really fun two, uh, couple days, and then also it's going to be a really fun couple days when we play them later on in the season. So it's going to be a great test for us, and I'm really pumped up for it. It's going to be a fun time. And just because I've never heard from the man, I want to hear from him. Uh, new Met, Daniel Vogelback asked about jumping into a Subway Series. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, you know, you being a kid, you know, watching uh, watching baseball, you grow up watching those games. Um, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be cool to be you know a part of it, and excited to just I know I keep saying it, but just excited for the next uh, you know month and two months of the regular season. You know, just put put your head down and you know go. And, what were your early impressions of uh, Vogelback as a Met there, Don? What I found interesting, he didn't play Friday. So Saturday he comes up, his first at bat, like standing ovation from the fans. Like it was incredible. Like he's a good he's a you know good ball player, you know, went to the playoffs in Milwaukee. Um not a star by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a character, right? Yep. Big guy, two hundred and seventy pounds, gets a standing ovation. Like, oh, that's interesting. Strikes out. They cheered him as he went back to the dugout. Like, like it just it's something about being larger than life. This probably leads into why Judge is the way that he is. Whether it's whenever somebody size is exaggerated, whether it's weight, and, and no offense to him, two hundred and seventy pounds. That's that's a large man in baseball. For a baseball a, player for yeah. sure. If he's an offensive lineman, he'd be light. But for for a baseball player, two hundred and seventy pounds. That's a lot. Well, he's in 5'10". Yeah, exactly. And then you have Judge, who's you know six foot seven. He's not a basketball player. He's a baseball player. So there's something about that like gargantuan size, whether it's weight or tall, that people get excited about. Like, for whatever reason, you just become somebody to root for. You become a character that people appreciate. And I think if he, you know, weighed, you know, 180 in normal size, he would have probably gotten some polite applause for his first at bat as a Met and probably booed after he struck out. But there's something, like, there's a rootability for somebody that size. 
Let's go back to June 16th, 1997. He got it. He locked him up with a curveball. And Dave Malicki, in his 48th Major League start, has pitched a complete game shutout for the first time in his Major League career. What a performance. A pitcher that was supposed to be the weak link in the Mets rotation. The great Dave Malicki. There's something to it, right? For all the dominance, and we gave you the stats. Yankees have won 22 games above 500. What was it? What did I say? It was like 81 and 59 is the season series between these two teams. The Yankees have won 10 series. The Mets have won four. They've split 11. But the Mets got the first one. And it was his first ever complete game. He would go on to have six in his major league career. And that was one of six. He was, for the Mets that year in 1997, he was 8-12 with an even four earn run average. And he pitched a complete game shutout against the Yankees, who were coming off winning a World Series the year before. You know, and that was that was something pretty special. Important programming note. You don't know. I meant to close out the very important uh, New York Sports Desk. No. Sponsored, of course, by SNY. The Subway Series is here, and coverage is presented by Verizon. It begins tonight at 6.30 p.m. on SNY or stream live on the new SNY app. On Tiwi. That, that is correct. It mm. is on Tiwi. Thank you for specifying um, that. Staff, J221. Sounds smart. I don't know why people don't put a little bit more imagination into their names on Twitter, but whatever. I'm sure it means something to him. Why is the Yankee Mets only a two-game series? If they split, it's pointless. Well, because when the Yankee, the way the Subway Series is supposed to work is you only play teams in one division in the other league. And if that were the case where the Mets were lined up with the American League East, they would play two three-game series. But because they are not playing the East, the Mets this year are actually playing the American League West. They still wanted to play the Yankees and the Mets, uh, have them play every year. But to make it work, it had to be four, two, a two-game series rather than the six games. That's why. So when they do line up with the American League East and the National League East, they will play six times. But because they're not, it's only four. So I do get his point. You'd like an odd number so that you can have a winner to the series. But it is possible they'll split. Let's keep it Mets and Yankee heavy today, because why not? Why not? Uh, Carl Ravitch was on with KJM, and he was asked how letting Judge walk would impact the Yankees' image. The Yankees are as valuable a sports franchise as there is in the world, and maybe the most recognizable sports franchise in the world. And they're that way partly because of how they handled all of those superstars, going all the way back to Ruth and the other names we've already mentioned, and the way that they're playing the game now. The the biggest issue for the Yankees, I think perception-wise, isn't what happens if Aaron Judge leaves. It's They haven't won a World Series since 2009. That's the biggest thing that the Yankees are concerned about, and if keeping Aaron Judge will 
in their opinion, put them in the best position to end that streak, then they'll keep them. I don't think the perception changes dramatically so long as you win. If they were not to bring Aaron Judge back and they won a World Series in 2023, the perception is great. The Yankees made the right call. Dom. Yes. <laughs> Let's say you. Yankees make every decision based on what's best for the ball club. They don't get caught up in the PR aspect of it. And if he asks for more money than they believe he's worth, then he's gone. Whether he wins the MVP and the World Series or whether they get bounced in the first round. It's, it, it makes no difference. The Yankees are always about the bottom line. Now, how they do afterward, it's, it, it's of course, winning is the, the ultimate salve for everything. But if they replace him with someone that's, I wouldn't say it's going to be hard to find somebody comparable, but if they go out there and win, I'm not going to say Judge is going to be forgotten about, but it'll be a lot easier to deal with. Because the, the fans' bottom line is the same as the ownership's bottom line. They both want to win. But the fans get caught up in, well, what if he wins the MVP, Don? What if he wins the World Series, Don? What, what if he breaks Roger Maris's record, Don? How could they let him go? I know my name is Don. They can. And they will. If they believe it doesn't fit their narrative. Not every team can afford to be that way. But, Peter, I don't think the PR hit is, is – Brian Cashman is not motivated by that whatsoever. Because you know why? That doesn't fit into the analytics. When they put that in the little analytic machine, it comes up like error message because the analytics don't factor in ticket sales and jersey sales and how the fans are going to feel about it. Just the way the Yankees operate. Listen, it's it's a very – we've said this many times. It's a very hard spot for the Yankees. I, it's, it's borderline impossible. You're certainly not going to please everyone. And most importantly, they're not worried about pleasing everyone. They're worried about what gives them the best opportunity to continue to right. compete. And there's a certain number, Peter, that they're going to say, no, can't do it. Now, yeah, whether that's right or wrong ultimately will be determined, and whether you agree with it or not I think is irrelevant to them. That That's how the, – the, it's here. here's the image I picture, Peter, when we talk about this. It's a billionaire walking in to an art gallery and seeing the most amazing painting they've ever seen and their jaw drops, and they want it. But it's a little bit more than they think it's worth. They walk away. The The, the typical person, you know, when we see something we want, we pay. We overpay for it because we get hot for it. We, I got to have it. I got to have it. They don't think that way. They're shrewd that way. That's the price. You want more than that? Sorry. I'll go find something else. That's. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't tell you you're wrong, because you're not wrong. Uh, John Carlos Stanton on the injured list. He's got 24 home runs, 61 RBIs. He's dealing with tendonitis in his left Achilles. Uh, the Yankees recalled Tim LaCastro from Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. And we got that down. So that's how we got started with that. Let's go back to July 10th. 1999. Now Rivera brings the hands 
together. Runners take a lead at all three bases. One, two to Franco. Line drive, base hit in the right field. Henderson scores. Here comes Alfonso. Here comes O'Neill's throw to the plate. Alfonso slides. He's safe. The Mets win it. The Mets win it. Matt Franco with a line drive, single to right, and he's being mobbed by his teammates. Matt Franco, a two-run single off Mariano Rivera in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Mets win it 9-8. to eight. That's what's cool about baseball, isn't it? Like, the the 13th guy on the Celtics isn't hitting the game-winning shot. Right, but you never know in baseball. You know, and That's I guess in point. football and hockey there could be heroes that you didn't expect, but Matt Franco is a part well, of forever for the Mets-Yankees rival. Matt Franco, solid I mean, player. When you think of the last name Franco in baseball, he's the first name you think of. Related to um, John. Kurt Russell. Wow. Yeah, how about that? How random was that? Very. Not what I expected. But, you know, it's for all the work you do, how great players are, you just can't have Aaron Judge or, you know, Mike Piazza step to the plate in the big moment. It's whoever happens to be up. And for Matt Franco, he came through. I have more moments from Subway Series history and more things to talk about um, in football, and you're not going to believe it, Don. Mm. The return of a watch that you never thought you'd see again. Really? Yeah, we have oh, a I'm watch looking forward to this. popping up that you you thought, well, that watch is dead. I dig it. Somehow it's back. ENN tonight brought to you by the Professional Fighters League. Back on Friday, August 5th, watch MMA's League live from the Hulu Theater at MSG. Buy tickets now on PFLMMA.com. More ENN next on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh. <laughs> oh, easy. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear of, that again. That is unfortunate for a variety of, of reasons. <laughs> Peter and Don on ENN on the K-Show on 98.7 ESPN. As we get you ready for game one of this Subway Series, we go back to 2000 that's right the world series october 21st and the pitch swung on line drive base hit to left field here comes tito he scores and the yankees win the game a big base hit for jose vizcaino and the yankees win four to three and they lead in this best of seven series one game to nothing oh what a game here on a Saturday night and Sunday morning in New York City. And the Yankees mob this Cayeno around first base. Great call. Who was that? that? Who was that? That was the vacationing Michael K. Who, K? 
No Michael K. Well, you... And it's Tweet hard to that. Say. Print that. <laughs> it's hard to say that you know one game makes a difference in a in a best of seven that you lost four games to one, but. God, the complexion of the series changes if the Mets could have held on to that lead. They won game three, so they would have gotten the split at Yankee Stadium. And if you believe in the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. Oh, you love the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. Winning 4-2 in game three, they would have a 2-1 series lead. And, you know, in in, in a game at at Shea for games four and five with a chance to at least be up you know, 3-2, if not win the series, going back to Yankee Stadium, and, and they end up losing in five. 6-5 loss in game two, and the, you know, a 3-2 loss in game four. Just it was such a competitive series, Peter. You lose in five, but the biggest blowouts were games three and five that were 4-2 finals. So, like, every game was just nail-biting right down to the wire. But, you know, the Yankees were the better team. Uh, the Mets kind of made a miracle run. They avoided the Braves in the playoffs, beat the Cardinals in the League Championship Series, went there as a wild card. And the Yankees were able to win their third consecutive World Series championship. Jackie Robinson's wife, Rachel, was among the attendees at the, Jack and Robin- at the Jackie Robinson Museum Gala in Manhattan. That's amazing. She just turned 100. Just turned 100. She was also joined by her 72-year-old daughter. <laughs> Think about that. And her 70-year-old son, who spoke, Jackie Robinson, passed away in 1972. The museum opens to the public on September 5th. What a, what an awesome museum that's going to be. Yeah. But think about that, man. Wow. Just you're you're it, a kid in your 70s, and you and your mom's still alive, and your dad died. You know, 50 years ago you know it's like think of rachel being a widow that i know that's i can't stop years like it's beautiful that she's lived such a long life but also crazy that she had to live half of it without him and you know obviously she's such an integral part of the jackie robinson story um i'm I'm very excited though to to go to the museum yeah that's going to be something to say for sure. The commissioner of the Big Ten says the conference could expand oh, sure. beyond the 2024 editions of USC and UCLA. Uh, so when do you change the name? When? When, you, when you've more, you've already more than doubled the amount of like when, when, when you, it's, Is it it's double? When, when can, you get to can, 20, is that when you change the name? Can you just do me a favor, though? I just, it's college, a joke! College football fans who like to come at me because I, I hate on college football, uh, what do you respond to this? Like, what's your – I mean, listen, this will affect basketball, obviously, as well. This is conferences overall. But, it, listen, it's it's killed basketball to me as well in many ways. But with football, the Big Ten, it's a certain brand of football, Don. The, Pac, the Pac-12 is a brand of football. It's literally the way they play. It doesn't make sense. It's – It's so I, stupid. College sports are so stupid at this point. But you nailed it in in something you do respect a lot more, and that's college basketball, that the Big East is a shell of itself. Come on, Marquette? Really? No Syracuse? Does that make sense? I still can't get over it. 
Like, sweet, Syracuse is in the ACC. Right. Which, it, which in itself doesn't seem like that bad geographically. No, geographically, but, it's not that bad. Right. But it's just the history. Syracuse is the Big East. Like, listen, I'm even willing to accept it. I get it. Maryland is not as integral to the conference as Syracuse was to the Big East. But, I mean, listen, we won a championship pretty recently. A That's big, right. fierce turtle. We, we we were a pretty integral part of these rivalries with Virginia. You had Maryland and Virginia. You had Maryland and Duke. There was really good stuff there. It it it, it has killed my interest to watch. No offense, no offense to to Chris Carlin, but I'm sorry, going to Rutgers to watch Maryland just doesn't feel right. Mm. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Now, Don, here's what you never expected. The return, for better or for worse, of Clown Show Watch. Mayweather. I'll make you rain all day long. McGregor. What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. Clown Show Watch. So it's being reported by the Irish Daily Mirror that Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather are close to a sequel and they're currently arguing over what the fight rules would be. Why? Most notably, the, 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 the issue here is that Conor McGregor wants this to count on their records. He does not want some sort of exhibition like Apollo Creed and Ivan Drago. We saw how that worked out. He wants this to count on the records. Why? Well, so if he beats Mayweather, it counts as a win. Okay. <laughs> Who says Michael's gone? So the the word is Connor will only take the fight, providing Floyd is willing to put his professional record on the line. It would not be an exhibition, an official fight at 155 pounds. It will. This is again according to the same article. Who obviously they are in conversation with with people involved in the fight. Uh, deal it will be the last time floyd ever steps foot in the ring the deal's very close to being done floyd sees it quote as the end of the mayweather era and the beginning of the gervonta davis era now the first time around i believe floyd made 280 million and Connor holy crap 130 million get your bag now, despite the, that fight being basically a joke in which Floyd had his way, it was ultimately considered a huge success, Don. The box office numbers were huge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all that counts, right? Oh. I mean, it's... I, 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 do you know what this tells me? It tells me two things. Floyd needs money. Connor's scared of having real fights in UFC. At He's a time. very scared man. That that's I'm I'm sorry. And listen, I'm no Ariel Helwani, but when you look at the losses Connor McGregor suffered over the last couple of years, you start to worry he can't win a really meaningful UFC fight again. And he might be scared to get in there with the guys who could really pose a threat. He's now had a bad injury to come back from. 
So I did not think we could be looking at this again. Don, it's safe to say I think you would go ahead and not order this one. No. No shot. Now, you mentioned um, Ariel Hawani. That's right. And I'm still trying to get over the optic of his sit-down with Ray Mysterio, which I'm sure was great. He's a tremendously talented person. Mysterio is a very popular wrestler. But just the optic of him sitting down doing a serious interview with a guy wearing a mask was just, I found it to be hilarious. Oh, (laughs) well, especially because I didn't see that that happened. I'm going to retweet it to you right now. But but by the uh, no, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, check it out. It's, so that's what Ray always does, right? But but Ariel's style is very serious. Sure. So that's what makes it hit it's, in a particularly right. Funny right. Way. I, again, it's, I'm not making fun. I'm, I'm sure it, it, it's 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 my one of one of uh, my niece's favorite uh, wrestlers. I'm sure it was a, a great. It was I guess it was on um, was it on the the WWE um, app? No, this or, is, it's probably it's on BT Sport. He right. covers so, wrestling for BT Sport. Right. So it's it, it's a serious sit down interview. It just it's hilarious. He's wearing his mask, and I get it. I get, so I'm not making fun, but just, Peter, if you just kind of flip it around Twitter and you see it, just very funny. No, the first time I ever saw Rey Mysterio talk in a documentary in a mask. Right. <laughs> now someone threw this at me today when I was doing the Cheap Heat podcast. We were talking. By the way, the episode's up. We we uh we talked all about Vince McMahon, of course. Uh, the future of WWE, and we talked about last night and, and Rey Mysterio's 20-year celebration. And uh, an emailer suggested that he be called the GLOAT, the greatest luchador of all time. Okay. Do you think GLOAT works? I, it does. I think it does, Once you too. explain it to me, it makes perfect sense. I, there might be a lot of people that don't know the L part, but I, I think it works fantastic. I may try this out on the SummerSlam kickoff show. On Saturday. I may try out Gloat. So thank you to the emailer, obviously whose name I can't remember right now. It's unfortunate. That's how people have great things get stolen. Now let's go back to the year 2000. You may remember In the year 2000. Huh? You don't get the the Play-by-play from Fox. The barrel of the bat comes back at Roger Clemens, and he fires the bat back toward Piazza, who is going down the first baseline. That one, obviously, goes without saying, a legendary moment in this rivalry. Let's jump ahead. June 12, 2009. And the 3-1. Popped up. Castillo. Dropped the ball! He's dropped the ball! Okay. He comes to Sarah! And the Yankees win! Oh my goodness! He dropped the ball! What an ending! What will happen tonight? The Yankees and the Mets. You can watch it on Yes. You can watch it on, on TV. Sure. You can now, what watch do it on I do? S&Y. What do I do? What's my dilemma? I love that there are some games, Don, that you can only watch on, like, Apple TV plus plus minus. Only way to watch it. Then there's tonight's game. You can watch it on 19 different channels. 
Now, my friendship with Michael, I think, supersedes my fandom of the Mets that I have to watch SNY. I'm going to watch, yes. Of course you are. Yeah, that's the only way for me. Plus, I always kind of want to get the enemy's perspective on it. It's always good, like, when they're talking up your team. Like, there's nothing better than when your team's winning and the other team's announcers have to, to call oh, yeah. it. That's great. So that's kind of like my, my hope, but then it's it's, it's awful if the, if they're winning, is then they're going to be talking about uh, the and, Yankees. And also, and also, Don, I'm going to say something here that's going to hurt some people's feelings. The SNY calls more of the homer call. Let's just be honest. It's a little more of the homer call. How am I a Yankees sorry. boy? I'm sorry, but I, I I think they both do a terrific job. But my of allegiance, course, but it's of, different. But if, if I I believe if you're a Mets fan, you want to hear pro Mets and 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 really feel in your Mets bag, and you're right. going to go there, of course. I'm going to be with the Kester. But I but I look at it as, all right, what box do I check for SNY? I'm a Mets fan. All right, box checked. But for yes, relationship with Michael K, box checked. I'm on yes, box checked. On TV. Right? So no matter, how you, no matter how you get around it, I'm going to check more boxes for yes. Like, so it's kind of irrelevant, the job they do. They both do terrific jobs. It's just that... I'm on yes, and my guy's calling the game. All of your phone calls on the Subway Series and whatever else you want to talk about, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, um, whatever the subject may be, we'll get to it next. 1-800-919-3776. Peter and Don, that's ENN on the Case Show on 98.7 ESPN. Peter. Oh, <laughs> oh easy. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.